0: Well, we commemorate the feast of the Apostle Thomas today, and Thomas often gets a bad rap. In fact, there's a proverb, at least in the English language, I'm sure probably in many other languages too, you know, doubting Thomas. So if you're a doubter, Thomas is always now associated with doubt. Uh, But he gets a bad rap because he really was a very, very uh, good and holy man, and uh, he brought the gospel as far as India. okay, So it's uh, Thomas, by by tradition, by early historical testimony, brought the gospel as far as India. And there are groups of Christians in India that to this day trace their belief back to his his work for the gospel. If you think of the word gospel itself, it's uh, in English, like in a more um, kind of uh, contemporary English translation, it's good news, good news. All right, because there's a Greek word euangelion, which you eu is, uh, means it's a Greek, uh, prefix that has to do with good or something positive. So it's, it's a message, it's a good message, it's the good news. And, uh, Thomas maybe is not a person who by natural inclination is given to optimism. Okay, he's a little bit of a cynic. Okay, maybe a little bit of a pessimist. But the power of the good news really gripped his heart and, uh, and made him an optimist, I guess, so to speak, okay? And he was excited and, and empowered and, and filled with the Holy Spirit and he went all the way to India. Can you imagine that? Having to learn a whole new language, probably multiple languages, right? How do you, how do you communicate with these people, you know, that, that speak probably, you know, in India, the continent at that time, there were probably 300 languages, you know? How do you how you how are you going to evangelize this area that's got 300 languages? You know, uh, so he's got to have an incredible amount of optimism and energy and zeal, and, and he did that. And there were some other traditional evangelists that were associated with him, um, and uh, that come down in tradition. It's a very interesting kind of chapter of, of early Christian history, but maybe just kind of. Let's reflect for a moment, though, on on Thomas's initial skepticism about the resurrection. Okay, and this whole thing of the doubting Thomas. I can think of two other groups or two other instances um, that maybe take Thomas's response and put it into a much better light. Okay, here I am I'm trying to, I'm in Thomas's corner. I'm trying to you know make him appear a little bit better than just the, the doubting Thomas reputation he has. Um, Thomas did not see Christ risen from the dead like the other apostles did initially. And so when they come and they tell him, we've seen the Lord, that's when he gives his skeptical response. I think actually part of it was skepticism, but I think another part of it was that he felt left out. Okay, So he's like, well, wait a second. How come Jesus appeared to the, (laughs) the other guys? I was left out. You know, so he's maybe a little bit of sour grapes kind of attitude, all right? So it's not so much skepticism and unbelief, but it's a little bit of, like, hurt feelings, okay? And it's hurt feelings because Thomas loved Jesus. There's another passage in the Gospel of John, which I really love, where Jesus is, I think he's he's far away from Judea. I think he's up in the northern part of Israel. And he says, let's go back, and we're going to go... Um, you know to see uh, Lazarus our friend Lazarus and they're like Lord you go back there and you're dead okay and Thomas has got this response he says okay well let's go back guys and die with him <laughs> So what Thomas is saying is like he's he's kind of a curmudgeon kind of guy but at the, you know the glass is half, empty kind of a guy but at the same time you see how much he loves Jesus he's willing to go and die with him okay to go back to this dangerous area where the life of his master is under threat and so he's he loves Jesus so much he's willing willing to die for him and eventually he did die for him and that's why we're wearing red almost all the apostles were martyrs and they died for love of Christ okay so Thomas had a great love for Jesus and when Jesus appeared to the other apostles and not him, I think he, this is my opinion at least, I think he felt a little bit left out, that the, his love, his, his heart was a little bit kind of pierced or pricked. Um, now, take the example of two other examples that are very interesting. Um, and they're, they're good contrast to Thomas. The, when Jesus rose from the dead, uh, early Easter morning, he left the tomb empty. Okay, you could pass through the door. So he didn't, he didn't roll back the stone. When the women come uh, to the tomb, the Roman guards are there. The angel comes down, rolls back the stone. The guards are petrified. The guards are totally freaking out. And the angel says, Look, he's not there. He's risen from the dead. The guards saw all that. They went back to the Jewish chief priests and they said, everything, they, they, they told them everything they saw. The Jewish chief priests were like, okay, make up a lie, spread it, and just let's try to keep this down low. Wow. Okay, so when confronted with the truth of the resurrection, the Jewish high priests, not only did they, they weren't just skeptical about it, they were, possibly they believed it happened, and they were willing to suppress its report of the good news. Okay, for, to keep their own interests. All right? Uh, intact. What about this one? There's another scene in the gospel. Jesus appears in Galilee, and he's got all these disciples that come, and it says, And they worshipped him, but some doubted. But some doubted. They actually were seeing the risen Christ, and they were doubting. Right? That's not what Thomas did. Thomas, as soon as he saw the risen Christ, he believed. Okay? So now why did those disciples, seeing Jesus risen from the dead, why did they still doubt? Some of those disciples, whoever they were, why did they doubt? Because the resurrection didn't fit into their preformed understanding of how God is supposed to work and how things are supposed to go. All right. And Thomas was not about that at all. Thomas was willing to change his mind about how God operates and what God's plan is. He was willing to be challenged. He was willing to grow. And also he had deep faith because, you know what, you don't look at a human being and say, my God, right? There's nothing evident about any, there's nothing about Jesus and his appearance that would lead you to to see that he is God, okay? So that's an act of faith that Thomas had when he said, my Lord and my God. And uh, so he had great love and he had great faith. And uh, his pessimism was turned to optimism as he embraced the good news and he brought it as far as India. And so he's a, a really great example for us all. Um, so we can use the phrase Doubting Thomas, but let's, not, let's always remember how holy and good of a man he was and, and what he did for us and for the cause of uh, the Christianity right from the beginning. And we honor him today and we ask for his prayers and intercessions that God would grant us the gift of faith.